Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Okay, Kate, quiz time. Oh dear. Do you have your Do you have your quiz bowl hat on? No. Is there such a thing as a quiz bowl hat? No. There is now. <laughs> Put it on. Mm-hmm. All right. I am going to list for you five. Count them five. One, two, three, four, five. Previous books that we have read on this podcast, and you're going to tell me what you remember about them. Are you ready? Meh. Mm-hmm. That's good <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> Number one. What do you remember about Peter Rabbit? Um. There was an old man. And the rabbit got naked. Doing very well. <laughs> very, very well. That's good. Okay. Number two. Tiki Tiki Tembo. Uh, Literally the first one we did. That was the first book. It was yeah. the very first one we did. Um, it was the Chinese boy and there was a lizard that um, drowned in the bucket. Wow. <laughs> Oh, man, we're going to have to do Tiki Tiki Tembo again? All right, moving on, moving on. We're going to scrap that one. Uh, go, dog, go! Uh, easy reader. Very good. Dogs in trees. Very good. Number four, caps for sale. Um, oh, was this the mittens to gloves back to mittens one? Weirdly enough, yes, it was. <laughs> and finally, number five, Olivia. Olivia. Is that the... Pig. It was a pig. It was a girl. Good enough. Pig girl. (laughs) And she's got it. Unless it was Peppa Pig you were thinking of, you got it right. Yes, because talking about picture books is what we do. And what do we do besides that on this podcast here? We sort of remember them. Yes, semi. I mean, I remember them. I, I remember all of them. Very, very well. I remember the most important parts of Ah, them. yes. Oh, yes. The, like the lizard in the bucket from, uh, from Tiki Tiki Tembo. Yes, yeah. you are where there are no lizards in that book. But yeah, we'll move on. It's a lizard. Nope. Yeah, in the bucket. Nope. That goes into the well. No. Isn't there a well? There is a well. Yeah. You, you got that one right. It's either a lizard or a frog. There are no animals Dude, going down go into back. that well. Go back. Because I'm pretty sure that was Was there t- really? Go, go back? I'm pretty sure that was my tattoo. Okay, well, we'll have to look into that. You might be right about that, but <laughs> I had forgotten that detail. Besides forgetting uh, about the books and their lizards slash frogs, uh, what do we do when we read these picture books? Hmm, we determine if they're good. Or not. Right. <laughs> and uh, today's book was suggested by one of our letter writers. Oh. Uh, they mentioned it offhandedly, and I thought offhandedly that it was a good suggestion. So this is a, uh, it's on the relatively recent side, but it's definitely older than 20 years, as will be evidenced by the technology found therein. Are you ready for this? Okay. All right. There was a subtitle to that one, right? Who's it by? Doreen Cronin. And who illustrated it? 
You Lewin. Yeah, no relation. <laughs> Betsy Lewin. That's correct. Have you ever heard of this one? No. Never heard of Click Clack Moo, Cows of Type? No. The Typing? Uh-uh. And the Mooin? Uh-uh. All right. Well, you get real cozy and familiar with that one, then. Okay. Woo-hoo. All right. Well, Kate does her read. I'm going to give you a little interesting information about the old clickety-clackety-de-mooey. Uh, so in my book, uh, which I co-wrote with Julie Danielson and Peter DiCeruta, Wild Things, Acts of Mischief in Children's Literature, still in print, now available in paperback, uh, there is a section. I believe it's in the chapter, There Should Not Be Any Should in Art. In that chapter... Uh, there is a section on misbehaving bovine heroes, and what could be more misbehaving and bovine heroic than bucking the system in this book. Uh, now, I mention that the book has been labeled as a work of liberal propaganda and even, apparently, anti-creationist. We're just going to work about that one, uh, work our brains around that one. And it says here, and I quote this from my own book, for example, on the right-wing radio show, Wall Builders Live, this is pre-Trump, mind you, Kyle Olson, author of Indoctrination, How Useful Idiots Are Using the Schools to Subvert American Exceptionalism, so right there, host Rick Green discussed the book in less than glowing terms, and I quote, this is Green, so you've got these kids who have never been exposed to any of this stuff have never thought about this kind of stuff, but you're already planting in their minds a whole union philosophy. And then Barton, who's on there with him, says, By the way, that's not only a pro-union book, it's an anti-creation book, because it makes the animals equal to people. Those kids who come out of that kindergarten class are going to grow up to be attorneys who fight for the rights of cows because cows are just like we are. Cows the type? Cows with rights? Horrors. Click. Clack. That's your that's your part. Oh, sorry. Uh, moo. There you go. There you go. We got this down yet. <laughs> click, clack, moo. Clickety clack, moo. All right. How that? I see it really sunk in for you there. It really <laughs> popped. Really, it's coming right off you there. Yeah. yeah. Do I sound like a cow? Very cow-like. When you read it to kids, do they read the moo part? Is that what you can get them to do it? Because it just repeats so often that they'll know that they have to do the moo. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it is an interactive book in a way. Got it. Or it can be. It doesn't have to be. Right. Well, no. You just moo yourself if you want to. I mean, okay. All right. So we got this farmer. Farmer. What's what's farmer's name? Uh, Brown. There you go. It's such a boring name. Come it's on. Classic. I think is what you meant to say. Could have been classic. Mac- no, McDonald would have been classic. No, that's just repetitive. What? <laughs> it's. That's been done. Well, I already don't like him because he looks like a grump, and... Well, he is a grump. That is his one defining characteristic. And pretty much after... He literally has nothing else in life. So there's two sentences. Farmer Brown has a problem. His cows like to type. And already I was on the cow's side. I was like, um... Who gave the cows typewriters? Seriously, right? And they just found it. Well, then I learned, yeah, it was in a barn. But wait, who leaves a typewriter in a barn? Well, who has a typewriter anymore? Maybe the barn is where he keeps his storage. Though, to be fair, if you're also keeping your animals there with your old junk, that's not very respectful to the animals, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. And I was going to say hipsters have typewriters, Betsy. Oh, I know. I know, right? (laughs) So one time we had this old typewriter. We put it out in front of my house on the sidewalk. This is when I lived in Minneapolis. 
and we put some paper in there, and then, yeah, people would just walk by and type random stuff. It was very interesting. Hmm. Like a little thought experiment. Surprised no one stole it. <laughs> it was a really beat up, plasticky, cheap, very, very light typewriter. Well, and here I was also thinking, like, how do you type with hooves? That is an excellent question that the book never really covers. Because it would just be like... <laughs> it should really just be like it you should pick up the notes and the notes just like it'd be a lot of consonants. <laughs> yeah. It's like when a cat runs over your keyboard and just like maybe a... it's just German Yeah, fake German there. Um do you think today's cows would be texting? Yeah, well and that's right. It would be like plink plank moo but plink plank moo doesn't have the same or or what would or tippity tap it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything because when you type it doesn't make a noise oh you don't set it up so it makes a fake noise no i have no i have my phone on vibrate all the time so oh yeah 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 yeah. i sometimes do and then always like shocks me especially it's bad if you're at work in the bathroom and then you start going like clickety clickety click 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 and you're like oh that's not good take your phone in the bathroom baby i take my phone everywhere Anyway, so the cows are typing. He's furious. He runs into the barn and he sees a sign that says, Dear Farmer Brown. So right there, that's right. Very polite. So they have been taught how to write a letter. Except they don't say please. They just say the barn is very cold at night. We'd like some electric blankets. Sincerely, the cows. Yeah, they could have said please, but I feel like they're taking the bull by the horns. Uh, Are you going to milk this for all uh, it's worth? Oh! <laughs> and see. All right. So the uh, the farmer is furious, which you can tell because in the shadow, his hair has all of a sudden got like static electricity all around <laughs> I just, it. I thought that was the hat, but the hat wasn't... I guess because he's, he's got the little... um. For some reason, his hat... At the it's edge, like just it seems like to a, have straw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, but then I think he was so angry the hat flew off. Oh wow! And that's what his hair. And he's got like the hedge, hedgehog head. Yeah. 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 You know, man's mad when he's got the hedgehog head. And the he's like, no way, no electric blankets. And so the cows decide to go on strike, mm. saying no milk. Wouldn't that hurt? Super hurt. But you know what? It's for the greater good. So the pain. <laughs> now the thing is, if they stop giving milk they will no longer be able to start again. That's how it works. you got to keep milking a cow. If you stop, then the body just stops making milk until you have another calf. Interesting. Yeah, says the person who has given milk for long periods of time. Mm. If you just stop it, yeah, it hurts for a day or two, but then, you know, then it goes away, and uh, and then you're in, unable. So clearly they're just giving their milk to someone else, is my theory. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe right. they're selling it on the black milk market. I don't know. So he, the farmer sees a sign that says no milk today, and he's like, what? I, I assume he's doing Yosemite Sam swearing. And the, uh, the, clou- the, the, the clouds... The, the clowns. The cows. You really wanted a clown in this book, and I really no, disappointed you. you. I'm so sorry. It's been nice to have a nice clown break. I need to get um, one soon. No thanks. Trudy. So it's uh, so the cows are tippity typing away. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they're they're click clickety clacking. Correct. Away. Correct. This is a typewriter after all. And then they write another sign that says, "Dear Farmer Brown, the hens are cold too. They'd like electric blankets." So my question is number one. What did the chickens do to get in with the cows? And, like, how how did the, did the chickens go? Burr, 
excuse me. I was wondering if we can get some. Can we join with your protest? Yeah. But then the, wouldn't the cows be like, all right, well, what do we get in return? Well, maybe they, maybe the chickens are distributing the milk. Do the chickens get the milk and the cows get, get the, the eggs? eggs? I don't think cows would want eggs. That's not really their. See, I don't really understand what chickens would have. Motivation. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, right. But this I cow looks super menacing as the farmer. You found a cow butt menacing? This, it's a huge cow. It is a huge cow with butt. With a tiny Very farmer. Burning, and though. even the chickens have like these eyes like. Oh, I like that chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just. And when holding back eggs. Because the chickens... Again, I feel like there's a distribution... Actually, to be fair, it's not the chickens who are distributing the milk, and it's not the chickens distributing the eggs. It's Duck. Duck has an underground network Well, going. we're not there yet. Oh, we're not so, there yet, but at least I think this is what's going on. Yeah, they're not so holding back. the farmer decides, no, I'm not going to give chickens electric blankets too, so the chickens decide to go on strike. They have a little sign that says closed, no milk. No eggs. They didn't say we're not producing. They just say none for you, buddy. So they're so they're giving it mm-hmm. to someone. It's going somewhere. Something. Maybe it's just like maybe the milk is Ooh, just piled up in a corner. Maybe somewhere. the milk is going to the cat, and the eggs are going to the pigs. Eggs? Yeah, the eggs could be going to the pigs. Though if I've learned anything from Charlotte's Web, the rats might have a an in on that as well. Ah, right. Yeah. But no electric blankets. I think that's animal cruelty. Think, <laughs> where's Where's Peta? You know, we need yeah. to get Peta in here and understand that all animals have right to have electric blankets. Isn't that a waste of electricity, though? I mean, when the, shouldn't there be green blankets? Maybe that's that's today. This is, a, this is an old book. <laughs> right, right, right. So the <laughs> so the cows are on strike. The well, it says here the hens are on strike, Ooh. but before it was chickens. Well, a hen is a female chicken, so... The rooster, maybe, he's still working. Right. <laughs> he's he's not a part of this. And the farmer can't understand how to run a farm without milk or eggs. Apparently he's entirely milk and egg based, which is very short-sighted. He does have pigs and sheep, He also but... appears to have fields of some sort that he is not tending in any way, shape, or form because he's so distracted but he by decides to bust out his typewriter. Oh, burn. And Probably he... the one that he bought that replaced the old one, I'm Right, saying. and he writes, Dear cows and hens, there will be no electric blankets. You are cows and hens. I demand milk and eggs. Burn. Here's the thing. He could have been a lot more persuasive with he that thinks, letter. I think he thinks that you got to take a hard line. He could have Because otherwise they're just going to walk all over you. I demand milk and eggs. With teeny tiny feet. Or every day I will kill each and every one <laughs> of you one by no, one. That's an excellent point. Every day I don't get milk I and eggs. I will eat their remains in front of you and cook a barbecue in your yard. He could have been more persuasive. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're asking for a level of cruelty that... For all that he's grumpy, <laughs> this never seems to occur to him. Well, yeah. maybe because he doesn't want any of his produce to die or right. else he doesn't get well he might just have an all-out revolt at a certain point but if yeah. you just if one were to just to suffer you know yeah. and... <laughs> this is the cruelest interpretation of this book i've ever heard oh god anyway so like some evil so the farmer decides to have a conversation with the duck off screen yeah and he's like hey duck so I got this thing going on with, like, the cows and the chickens. Wonder if you can help me out. Can you just, like, deliver this letter? I just like that Duck has established no sides. The Duck was a neutral party. Duck is neutral party. The Duck was a neutral party. Because he can't really produce anything for the farmer. So Ducks lay eggs! This is a male duck. He can't lay eggs. But ducks lay eggs. Big eggs. And I was wondering, does the duck know that he's just a part? 
pawn. He's just a messenger in this sure. whole scheme. Also, people raise ducks to eat them. So he is also mm. potential food that may play into his desire to help out. I don't know. Well, the farmer just gives the note to the duck. All right. The duck brings the ultimatum to the cows. Mm. The cows hold an emergency meeting mm. where all they do is moo at each other. This is where we see that the farmer has pigs and sheep oh, and that's true. cats Cat and, and other and animals. Of some sort. And all night long, the farmer waited for an answer until the next morning when the duck brings back a little note that mm. says, we will exchange our typewriter for electric blankets, leave them outside the, bed, the barn door, and we'll send duck over with the typewriter. At which point I'm like, how would a duck carry a typewriter? That's an excellent question. Would it have like a little backpack? Yeah, you would have to strap it to the duck. Or would its would its beak like pick up? I now so want to Google like, typewriter strap to back of duck just to see if someone's done it somewhere. Oh, no, because those are super heavy. It depends on the size of the duck. Ducks can get pretty big. It depends on the kind of duck. I'm not talking like a mallard or anything, but but if it's a metal key like you know typewriter. Yeah, but you know they make different sizes like... typewriter. You know this could be a light plastic one like the one I put in front of my house. You know. Well, the cows and the chickens get their electric blankets. And then the ducks all of a sudden, like, write a note that says, Dear Farmer Brown, the pond is quite boring. We'd like a diving board. Sincerely, the ducks. Which, well done, duck. Yeah. Well done. He's, he's, he's forward-thinking, that one. But then on the last page, it's the ducks diving into the pond mm-hmm. on a, from a diving board. From a diving board. Which makes me wonder, okay, who was the mediator for the ducks and the farmer? Hmm. Was it the pigs? Was it the sheep? Was it the cat? And he's going to have to, you know, fool me once... Shame on you, he fool me twice. Shame on me. He, the second time, he must have said, I will directly... Throw out the typewriter? Get the type. We'll receive the typewriter. Mm. Regardless of what happens to it, he's not going to send Maybe. in, like, the horse to pick up the typewriter at this point, you know. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's not savvy, but he's not that dumb. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not too bad. So this uh, this came in at number 39 wow. on the top 100 picture books poll. I don't know if it would today, actually. Seems high, right? But see, how many times have I said to redo this poll? Yeah, 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 I'm getting to it. It's no. it's, politi- <laughs> it's political, baby. It's tricky. It's tricky. But, uh, yeah, 39. I assume because it's in that sweet spot of read-alouds and one-on-ones, where it can be read aloud to a group, but it can also be done one-on-one with a kid. Yeah. There is the question, would a child today know what a typewriter is? I think it's pretty self-explanatory from the story. And as my daughter pointed out to me, well, there's rotary phones with cords in all these books you read to me. I know what that is. You don't have to explain that every time it comes up. So I'm like, yeah, all right. So yeah, yeah typewriters. That's perfectly fine. Besides, if it was laptops, then it might be called Tip Tap Moo. And who wants to read Tip Tap Moo? Hmm. Um, the breakout star of this book. If you had to guess who the breakout star of this book was, who would go on to star in many, many, many sequels? The Duck. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was totally The Duck. Uh, and even, I'm thinking, so the, the sequels were Giggle, Giggle, Quack. Yeah, Duck. Duck for President. Yeah, which Duck. Which we may have to do in November of 2020, I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, Doobie Doobie Moo. What? Thump Quack Moo. Okay. Finagle Snaggle Quack. How many are there? Orgle Borgle Kvetch. No, you're just making stuff up at this Shut point. Up. Dingle, dangle, awooga. Um, I may have made up a couple of those. Kvetch, come on. Kvetch was that, pretty good, that right? That kind of... Uh, I kind of gave it away. Kind yeah. of gave away the game. Not the awooga. Yeah. It's uh, it's often brought up as an example of uh, unionism. Oh. 
because the cows have joined, created a union. Uh-huh. They have a mediator. They make their rights known, and they get, you know, and they, they are that, they are the means of production, <laughs> and uh, and they make a deal with management. So, so people hate this book as a result. Hmm. There are there are many uh, conservative people who who do not care for it because it makes unions seem like a good thing. Because I guess the cows win. I guess they would have. The cows did win. They got electric blankets. They totally got electric blankets and production resumed again. Yeah. So I'm just saying, happy ending for everybody except the farmer who still doesn't have a typewriter by the end. Right. Except, well, he has a typewriter. He has his own. Right. But there's one floating out there allowing communication to continue and he is anti-communication. So read into that what you will. He's into communication. He wrote the note back. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote it back, but we really wish they hadn't written in the first place. Right. Yeah. There we go. Ratings time. So, I think this is a cute story. Yep. It's got cute illustrations. I mean, they look effortless, but I know that they probably took a lot of time to plan. Very good. I think they did, yes. I think to get the right angles on these things. Yeah. That's the kind of, like, sketchy type of drawing that takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So, I I think it's fun, but... Is it a classic? Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave it a six. So I don't love it. I don't hate it, but mm-hmm. I gave it A for effort. Okay. Um, it does read aloud super well. Uh, Caldecott Honor Book, as you can see from the shiny silver on the cover. Uh, I have found it very useful and uh, and fun. And uh, I would actually also make it a six. Huh. So I think it's a straight up six of a book. So that's a guess. That's a classic. That is a classic. Woo! Hooray! Letters time. So there's a picture book author illustrator by the name of, and she has the best name. You want to hear the best name? Okay. K Fi Steel. K Fi is the first name? K apostrophe F A I Steel. Now, any last name Steel is automatically awesome, but the K Fi makes it work. Interesting. She has a bone to pick up with us. Oh. I've been wanting to write into the show for such a long time, and as I'm in the middle of an art deadline and I am totally up to date with your podcast, and I feel like it's finally the right time to do it. I just listened to the Swimmy episode and was slightly disappointed to hear the Forgettable 4 rating. <laughs> I like that she came up and, and said Forgettable 4. That was which me. Was, that was you. Yeah. It's cool. I, you. I yeah. said that, yeah. I don't think we have enough examples in children's picture books that show the power of a movement. I just came from the climate strike and was thinking about the picture books that I might use as a mentor text to talk to kids about the power of banding together and organizing for a common cause. Dude, this book that we just did, like... Swimmy would be on that list, as would Click Clack Moo. This is why I chose it for today. It's all about Greta, baby. They're both clear and fun and convey a strong and particularly relevant message. I'm always excited to hear you two discuss picture books through a critical lens, taking all the themes into account. You did mention unions, and I'm glad you pushed back on the Finding Nemo bit, which does seem to have used this theme. It did feel like the discussion of Swimmy didn't go as deep as it could have. But yes, but she's a big fan. Uh, she concludes by saying she's a big fan of the show. Uh, so thank you, Miss Steele. Yeah, uh, that's, that's very kind of you to. Sorry, be... we disappointed you. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. But, but here's uh, the thing: like, I didn't like swimming, but I like this, so it's not. Well, there you go. It's okay. not that I hate the idea of banding together. Oh for no, a no, 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 no! You just feel like this has a does it it's more efficiently. It's just that the the bodies <laughs> were not <laughs> connected. 
And so you were distracted by the art and uh, too much to take in. Just too much potato stamping. You know? Right. Just, yeah. You can only take so many potatoes just so many times. Call it a jellyfish. Ugh. Whatever. Anyway, I'm not getting into it's it again. Medusa. Whatever. It's a freaking Medusa. Moving on. Uh, moving on. Grown up things we like. Okay. All right. You go first. Okay. Um, fun fact. I'm. This is not my only podcast. I, I am actually. What? what? I'm a host of another one. One that pays me money, baby. Such a I am traitor. such a traitor. It's called the Story Seeds Podcast, and uh, it's just premiered. It's it's super fun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. But is it as fun as this one? Um, uh, hard pass. So I'm not gonna <laughs> answer that. Uh, so here is here is the description of it for people who might want to. No, it's actually for kids. All right, so that's a difference. Ours is not explicitly for kids, though I know kids that do occasionally listen to us. Which is why we're swearing like Yosemite Sam all yeah. the time. Yeah. Risen fresh. Um, so this is what it's about. So the Story Seeds podcast will combine the easy and charming conversational style of comedians and cars getting coffee with an audio story time unboxing reveal. In each episode, listeners will follow along as a child and an author meet up to collaborate on developing a story seed or idea. The author then writes the story and then documents his or her creative process while doing so. And finally, there's the big reveal an original short story grown from the child's story seed. And then they've gotten authors like Tracy Baptiste and Chris Grabenstein and Diane Goodman and Vera Ferharandi and uh, Carlos Hernandez and all sorts of folks involved. So it's super fun. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I'm cheating on you, baby. Okay, sorry. Well. But other people, you should check it out. It's a brand new podcast. Well. Premiering soon. My grown-up thing is I also have a podcast. What? I, it's called Kate, Kate, and Kate. And <laughs> it's just me talking about the weather and... <laughs> In a room by yourself. And talking about tattoos that I want. With your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Yeah, not. you jealous now? No. Kate, do you, okay. do you really have a podcast, no. Kate? No. But my grown-up thing is a little different. So t- yesterday, mm-hmm. I was working in my office, and all of a sudden I heard this woman scream out in frustration. Which I was like, well, it's Chicago. You hear weird things on the street all sure. the time. Whatever. Just keep working. Yeah. And then I heard some more like, ah! ah! And like more... Oh, yeah, so one I, you can ignore, but a couple you gotta be like, Yeah, so I look out the window, and I see this poor woman who is so frustrated with life. Her grocery bag fell apart. She's Aww. just, like, she's got, she's trying to carry too many things. She, like, just picks up the broken bag and crumples in. She starts kicking the tree, and she then, like, loses her keys, and she's screaming, where's my keys? She's just having a you bad, a bad day. day. Yeah, so Aww. it's, and she can't get the bag over her shoulder, and it's just one thing after another, and then I see her leave. So I was thinking, I kind of want to, like, write a note and put it on her car with, like, I'm really sorry you're having a bad day, but don't worry, everything's going to get better, you know, just hang in there. Sure. But by the time I thought about, you know, like, actually yeah. doing it, the car had left. Um. So that got me thinking, okay, well, I, I now I'm kicking myself. I'm mm-hmm. kicking my mental tree in my head, like, <laughs> dang it, why didn't I say something? Yeah, so I imagine the giving tree in my head. Like, like, please do not kick me, boy. (laughs) So if anyone out there is listening, why don't you do something nice for someone else? Go buy the Starbucks coffee and the person in in line in front of you. Go, 
you know, give, you know, a, a tree a hug instead of a kick. You know, do something nice because you never know who's having a bad day out there. Maybe they need it more than you think. That once happened to me. I was at the Whole Foods. They don't take checks, as it turns out. And I didn't have enough, well, I didn't have enough money in my bank account. And uh, I had to get food for my babies. And I didn't have enough cash. I, I was searching for pennies. I was, I had nothing, nothing. And a guy behind me in line paid for whatever it was. I, was, I think I was getting diapers or something. And he paid for it. And it was the best day of my freaking life. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, so return, so good. return the favor, do something yeah. nice for someone else. I hate the term pay it forward, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that thing. Do that thing. That's my grown-up thing. That's a very good grown-up thing. Thanks. Mine's all about me, and yours is about helping humanity. <laughs> so now I look like crap. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> all right. I've been Betsy the Selfish. Moo, Kate. Moo. <laughs> Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our neutral party is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Burns.